Do you want to be a leader who gets noticed, gets things done, and gets real results? Then you need influence and authority. Join host Jennifer McClure to learn how to build authority, expand your influence, and increase your impact. This is the Impact Makers Podcast with Jennifer McClure. Well, hey there, Impact Makers. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Impact Makers Podcast. My goal is to help leaders build careers that they love and lives that matter. And I'm really excited to share a conversation with my friend, Carrie Oberbrunner, with you today. I came across Carrie a couple of years ago, and since that time, I've read several of his books, which I'll link to in the show notes. And I'm a regular listener to his podcast. I've also attended his annual Igniting Souls conference. I signed up for the conference while sitting in the audience at Mike Kim's Influence and Impact event last year. At that conference, Carrie was sharing how to create 18 different streams of income from a published book. His message contained practical steps and what he's learned from creating six-figure businesses from each of his own published books. He was sharing so much value from that stage that I just knew I wanted to have the opportunity to learn more from him. So I opened up my laptop and grabbed one of the final tickets available before he even finished speaking. A couple of months later, at the sold-out Igniting Souls conference, every single person I interacted with, all of them, was someone who was either a coaching client, a graduate from his training programs, or an author or soon-to-be-published author from his book publishing company, Author Academy Elite. Keep in mind, there were hundreds of people at this conference, hundreds of souls on fire. They've been inspired, encouraged, and equipped by Carrie and his team. I was amazed and I continue to be amazed and inspired by Carrie's work and his mission. So let me tell you a little bit about who Carrie Oberbrunner is. Carrie is an author, coach, and speaker who helps individuals and organizations clarify who they are, why they're here, and where they're going so they can become souls on fire, experience unhackability, and share their message with the world. Don't you love that description? It's super clear about who Carrie is, what he does, and how he can help others all captured in one sentence. And in our conversation today, Carrie shares exactly how you can develop a crystal clear value proposition statement that will help you win, whether you're an entrepreneur, author, coach, consultant, or happily employed in the corporate world. I invited Carrie to be a guest on the podcast for a couple of reasons. First, I'm inspired by him and I learn from him every time I hear him speak. And second, I know that you will too. I'm also confident that you'll be intrigued and inspired by his personal journey from someone who overcame growing up with a learning disability, who at an early age was a stutterer, and who as a young adult expressed his anger and frustration through cutting himself. Even while dealing with these personal challenges and many more, Carrie was pursuing a path towards full-time ministry. He completed a bachelor's degree in biblical studies, a master's degree in counseling, and ultimately received a doctorate in transformational leadership. But after several years as a church pastor, Carrie felt dead inside. He knew that he wasn't a soul on fire, and he began the process of exploring how he could connect with his identity, purpose, and direction. His journey started with writing books while he was still employed as a pastor, and then he ultimately left the ministry to become a full-time entrepreneur. Since starting his company, Igniting Souls, in 2012, he's built a seven-figure business in less than six years, where he helps individuals and organizations clarify who they are, why they're here, and where they should invest their time and energy. Kerry now lives out his personal mission and passion to serve others and to ignite one million souls by 2020. And that's not just talk, folks. He is actually doing it. 
you won't want to miss this conversation about how Carrie is creating souls on fire. We talk about stepping into your belief before you think you're ready, creating products and services that are tied to your value proposition, and how to find clarity around your purpose, even if it comes from an area of deep hurt or pain. Welcome, Carrie Oberbrunner, Oberbrunner to the Impact Makers podcast. And right off the bat, you can talk about how people probably always mispronounce your name, Carrie. <laughs> but listen, I, it's cool, Jennifer, and I tell people it's like runner with a B. So Ober Brunner. Yeah. And you also have something about that you are the bald guy with bald the girl's guy. name. Yes. Yeah, just imagine a bald dude. So you're standing out all over with all the things about you and and also for all the things that you are doing. So I've already kind of shared with people how I originally connected with you and some of the things you do, you know, author, speaker, coach, uh, multifaceted here. But why don't you tell me and us a little bit about Carrie Oberbrunner and who you are, what you do? Yeah, well, my passion in life, uh, I tell people that I think the reason why God put me on this earth is to ignite souls. And when you can break down your mission into a clear statement like that, I, I truly believe that it'll help your listeners too. Clarity attracts and confusion repels. So whenever I talk, speak, coach, write, I often tell people that uh, you'll be able to tell it's me by the fact that I'm igniting souls. Now, not everybody likes me, I get it. But um, I love these two quotes where I kind of get that message from, and that is one, Ferdinand Foch, a French general, uh, general, said that the most powerful weapon on earth is the human soul on fire, which is just think about that for a while because that's interesting. Weapon, human soul on fire. I think it can be a weapon for good. Um, but the other thing is uh, St. Irenaeus said that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And so I believe that when we are a soul on fire, uh, you know, my faith says that we're glorifying God and, and my business savvy says that we're impacting people, which fits great with your podcast name. Well, and that's, you know, part of what uh, has drawn me to you over the last, I've probably been aware of you for a couple of years, is right off the bat, igniting souls. And you you brought that up right away. And I think for years, I searched for a name for my business. And then for years, I searched for a name for my podcast. And I'm still really kind of sitting in that, how do I describe myself and what do I do? How did you come up with, was it from those quotes that you kind of decided that this is my business, my name of some of the things that I offer, Igniting Souls? Yeah, it's a great question. I truly believe that, and this is going to get deep real fast here, but, but I believe that um, our deepest wound is often our area of greatest impact. In fact, mm -hmm. that's what I say often. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Another way to say it in a fresh way is that your pain is your platform. Yeah. Your pain is your platform. So for me, being a guy who's not afraid to talk about my past struggles, I grew up at a very young age with a learning disability. Back in the 80s, they said, if you stutter or stammer, you're learning disabled, you're in a special class, you're going to have much more significant problems later on in life. So what I did, Jennifer, is from a young age, I kind of didn't use my voice, like literally or metaphorically speaking. And I think maybe some of your listeners can relate like, oh my gosh, am I using my voice? Well, I wasn't for years. 
And writing became the way that I refound my voice. I rediscovered it. Um, prior to doing that, though, uh, like any young person, we experience pain. Our grandparents die or maybe bullying or something like that. And for me, what I did, because I didn't use words, because I hadn't found my writing voice yet, I went inside with my pain. I became a self-injure, another way to say it is a cutter. These days, it's okay to talk about. Before the internet, back in the 80s, I mean, you didn't talk about that. 90s, no way. You were looked at as, you know, borderline personality disorder, lock you up thing. For me, self-injury was really a way to uh, express anger. It was a way to turn my anger inward. I didn't want to hurt other people, but I was mad. I was angry that I wasn't perfect. I felt like I could ne never measure up. And so that was a way that kind of reflected outwardly how I felt internally. So you say, why are you all about igniting souls now? Because I was not a soul on fire. For years, I was not fully alive. I was uh, dead. I just hadn't made it official. And I really had to go through this process where I say that I discovered who I was, why I'm here, and where I'm going. That's identity, purpose, and direction. Mm -hmm. And I believe when those three things happen, just like three circles, when you know who you are, your identity, why you're here, your purpose, and where you're going, your direction, in that intersection is a soul on fire. Well, I think one of the things I appreciate about you is how you have been able to create frameworks about around your message and the things that yeah. you do. So I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But you brought up kind of um, your story. And one of the things I like about you, you are extremely tweetable. You're, you, you are the master of the uh, the quotable quotes and the the one-liners. I actually was going through. I attended your conference event uh, last fall and had heard you speak before that. And just today was kind of looking at my notes and and the you know highlighting things that you had said. And I, I stopped highlighting after the first page because it was all yellow. And it's like uh, as you said, your your area of greatest. Or your the area of your deepest wound is often the area of your greatest impact. Yeah. Um, you know, until thought is linked with purpose, there is no intelligent accomplishment. I stole that one. That's James Allen, but I like oh, that one too. Okay. Oh, that I'm crediting. <laughs> I love that. I say that all the time. Though. Yeah. Yeah, and then the feel the fire, see the fire, be the fire. Um, so, yeah, yeah. so again, you you brought up some of the backstory that you have of, of being in self-injury and, um, you know, some of the things you struggled with, but I think it's also very interesting and, and maybe uh, shocking to some people that you, while also going through that as you were a young man, were going to school for ministry, correct? That is, that is crazy. Exactly. Um, you know, most people that are listening today probably never self-injured, maybe some have, but you know what, Jennifer, um, everyone has self-injured through self-limiting beliefs. I mean, the way people talk about themselves, the, the, you know, just the other, just my daughters, I won't even say where the teacher is. We won't say if the teacher's at school or some other place, but my, my daughter just said to my wife, I heard her this morning. Yeah. My teacher yesterday, she, she made a mistake and she said, why are you so stupid? Like to herself. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my 10 year old daughter, like pick that up right away. And, and we don't talk about ourselves that way in our family. And, and that's a way that this teacher is self-injuring herself. So to answer your question, yeah, I was 
I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I thought, you know what, I'm going to follow in his footsteps just because here's the crazy strategy, Jennifer. <laughs> um, I didn't have business exposure. Uh, you know, today I'm, I like to think of myself as a successful business uh, owner, but that wasn't given to me. Uh, my faith was given to me, and I'm very thankful for my parents. But if people know the prodigal son story, most people know that. It's a, it's also a song that Bono did, a little spin on that. I was the older brother in the story. Uh, so okay. I, uh, you know, I wasn't the young, rebellious guy who takes his father's inheritance and goes and sleeps with prostitutes, right? We always think of that as the bad guy. Actually, the guy who's just as bad is maybe even worse is the older brother who pretends that he, you know, is tight with his dad, is a hard worker, and basically hates his dad. Now, I didn't hate my dad, but I hated God. I'll be honest, I hated God. So when, when listeners say to me, like, well, you sound really religious, you know, I'm mad at God. I'm like, welcome to the club, you know? <laughs> like, like, it's okay to be mad at God. And... uh I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that. And that's actually what helped me get through all this healing was telling God I was pretty ticked at him and maybe using some colorful language that we talked about when we first started as well. Yeah. So, and again, I've, I've read your books and heard you speak multiple times, regular listener to your podcast. So I am familiar kind of at least with parts yeah. of the journey that you've shared, but so going to school for ministry, you know, multiple things, self-injuring continued, yeah. uh, your path kept getting blocked for the things that you thought you were supposed to be doing. Air Force chaplain, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Yeah. And ultimately you did end up becoming not a missionary, which I think was the original goal, correct? But you yeah, became you it. became a pastor. Yep. Became a pastor. And that was cool. I mean, you know, the pastor thing was pretty cool because I got to write, I got to speak, I got to coach. But I'll tell you what, Jennifer. I am a hardcore entrepreneur, and I think maybe you can relate. Maybe some of your listeners can relate. I found out recently that the definition for the word entrepreneur means bearer of risk. I love that. Yeah. Bearer of risk. And even though I had a nice suburban church, health insurance, you know, title, uh, expense account, you name it, security, safety, I was dying. And, you know, because I knew that I like needed to feel alive, you know, get out there. And I got three kids and a wife and they were all under the age of six, I believe, when I kind of told my wife and she knew it. She absolutely knew. It. I said, I said, Kelly, I think I think I got to get out. I think mm -hmm. I got to leave the church. And she's not one of these women who are like, oh, that's great, sweetie. You're going to do awesome. You can take on the world. She's actually like. Well, you better pay the bills. <laughs> Good <laughs> job, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> In other words, I and I coach people the same way. I coach guys and girls the same way where they're like, oh, you know, I'm just going to quit my job and go on a beach and, you know, make something up. I'm like, you know what? You better have a side hustle and you better like show that you can do it on the side because when you have the time and the bandwidth, you're not going to be able to create discipline. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan. And in my book, you know, Day Job to Dream Job, one of them, I often talk about like Andy in Shawshank mm -hmm. Redemption. He didn't just like break out one day. 
he spent 19 years chipping away at the wall and then the plan came together. And so in that book, for instance, it goes prison, plan, payoff. How you go from your day job, your Shawshank, to your dream job, Zilwataneho. And uh, that's the book that kind of brought a lot of our mutual friends together, Dan Miller and Mike Kim. That's how I met all those people. Yeah. But that's the point, Jennifer, like you better develop the character and the guts and the discipline and the grit while you have your day job. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to happen when you switch locations. Yeah. So, so again, you were in ministry. Uh, I believe you'd overcome the self-injury part at at some point. And you kind of did start this side hustle. As you said, maybe you've always had the bug for entrepreneurship, but you wrote your first book while you were in full-time ministry, correct? Yeah, I actually wrote the first four books. I wrote uh, Journey to Relevance, called The Fine Line and Your Secret Name, all while being a pastor. And so when people say like, well, I can't find the time, I'm like, come on, people. You know, I was a dad of three. Sure, you got to give up some stuff. No Netflix binging, you know, probably not deer hunting or biking with the guys or whatever people do. But you can write on the side. The average person writes about 500 words an hour. The average nonfiction book is 40,000 words. That means if you wake up for 80 days, eight zero, and you write for an hour, at the end, I'm not going to say it's perfectly edited, but at the end, you'll have like a pretty legit book. And that kind of makes it possible for a lot of people who think, oh, they could never do that. Mm-hmm. So you were writing books. You you had the bug. Do you remember kind of the moments you talked to your wife? She said, pay the bills. Great advice. <laughs> where you kind of said, I'm ready. And and you did yeah. step out. And, and what did you step out into? Did you step out into yeah. writing this, books or creating a business? What was that? This is a really funny story, Jennifer, because I think what we need is we need a truth teller. Everybody needs a truth teller. And I didn't like romantically step out and say, this is what I'm going to do. It actually, I would, I, I left kicking and screaming. And here's what I mean. My friend Chet Scott, who's been, you know, my business coach for years, uh, not really anymore. We're kind of like friends and colleagues now, but he had seen me on Facebook um, speaking here and there and everywhere. And, and he called up uh, at still at the church. He called me and he said, Hey, Carrie, I saw you were at uh, such and such event recently. He's like, I thought you were at the church. I said, oh, I am. And he said, the church is cool with you traveling and speaking and writing. And I'm like, yep. He said, is your wife cool with it? Yep. And he said, "Um, is God cool with it? And I'm like, how do you even answer that, Chet? I said, what are you (laughs) talking about? You know? And he said, tell me right now, if you had the money, would you still stay at the church? And I mean, he started like, pushing me like angry pushing me and uh i'm like well probably not and he says oh oh, i get it so you're out there telling people to be big strong and bold but you're sitting here hiding out you're afraid you're just you're just collecting your paycheck at i mean he just starts agitating me with colorful language and then uh at the end he's like oh i see i see well uh well good luck keep being bold click and he hangs up And this is Chet's style. Chet's style is to be, you know, this provoker, okay? And after I got off the phone, I felt like naked, okay? I felt like, was I just on a reality TV show and everyone knows that I've been called out? And I knew I could never go back with that same, I wasn't pretending, Jennifer, but 
but I kind of was, you know, hiding mm-hmm. was that way. I was hiding. And, um, then shortly after the church said they want me to be the lead pastor, but they said, but wait 10 years because the founder has 10 more years left. So those two events said to me, I cannot stay. I cannot yeah. stay. So then after that, um, I immediately started, this was probably 2011, and I immediately started saying, what is my exit plan? Because they're not going to fire me, but what is my exit plan? And I got so serious, Jennifer, on, before that I was a victim, blaming, excuses, denial, I call it lying in bed, B-E-D, blame, excuses, and denial, living below the line. After that, I started to say, I'm going to put my oar in the water, ownership, accountability, and responsibility. I'm going to put my oar in the water and move forward you know, in life. And I'm, going to, I'm going to take ownership for my life. And so I got so serious on personal growth. And once you start adding value to yourself, you become more valuable. Hmm. So, so this big fear of mine that said, um, what can I tell a business person? I've never gone to business class. I, I've never taken marketing all that stuff shut down and it got quiet because all those things are selfish. That's like, what do I have to tell a business person? I've never taken, you know, I, 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 no wonder I wasn't getting clients. Now instead what I did is I, I, I do what's what I call show up filled up. Mm-hmm. So I began to show up filled up everywhere. I went parks, shopping market. I mean, gym, you name it. And as I showed up, filled up, people began to like notice something different. They said, you know, well, well, uh, case in point, I was at the park. I'm sitting there pushing a swing. Guy comes up, starts pushing the swing next to me with his daughter. And he's like, uh, beautiful day, beautiful day. And I said, oh, yeah, this is amazing. I said, "Um, it's awesome how we can come and just take time out of the week and push our kids. And he's like, well, lucky for you. He said, I I had to sneak away from work. I travel all the time, blah, blah, blah. The guy dumps on me, totally dumps on me for 30 minutes. And I just ask him coaching questions, you know. At the end of this 30 minutes, he comes to me. He's like, wow, I've just been talking the whole time. He said, I tell you everything I did. What do you do? And I said, I'm a coach, okay. I I own that title. I wasn't a coach at the time, but I'm like, I'm a coach. He said, well, what is a coach? I said, what I've been doing for you the last 30 minutes. He said, oh man, this has been so helpful. Can I hire you? Wow. So so you see the change that happened. It wasn't, Ooh, I was anointed a coach, you know, or I got certified. It was, I began to focus on others. And I tell people often, maybe you've heard me share this, Jennifer, but I say selling is serving and mark and storytelling is marketing. Mm-hmm. So selling is serving and storytelling is marketer. So if your listeners can tell stories and serve people, they will be great at selling and marketing. That was another uh, tweetable that I had highlighted that you shared. <laughs> so you, again, you're, you're masterful. You, you mentioned or and bed and, how do, how do these frameworks come to you? Is this something yeah. that you really sit down and say, well, how can I uh, create something that people will remember out of this or do they evolve over time? Yeah. You know, the funny thing is I would have never planned my career path. I mean, to, to say I'm going to get a doctorate and, and a master's and a bachelor's in 
teaching the Bible, you know? But um, what's funny is that in a lot of those classes, you have to learn how to preach. You have to learn how to storytell. You have to learn how to communicate. And so I look back and say, oh, you know, God was pretty smart, I guess, um, <laughs> to lead me those ways. But I think that if people can't remember what you say, they can't apply what you say. And so in my speech, I do what's called handles. I want people to have handles and frameworks. And this isn't a big pat on the back, but just the other day I met, um, was walking through this cafeteria um, and I, I see this woman and, and she comes up to me and says, oh, I heard you speak uh, uh, a month and a half ago. And I said, oh, you know, that's cool. That's cool. And I began to ask her about her life. And she said, you know what? What you said in that message about bed and or, I've been thinking about that. Like, so what can you remember from six weeks ago? I can't remember anything. Like, what did I eat? Where did I go? I don't remember. But when you can give people in your speaking handles, then they can take it with them and apply it. Mm -hmm. So we need to stop talking about all these statistics, all these facts, and we need to tell stories because stories really help people remember. Amazing. So you started out as a coach uh, on the playground. You owned it. You stepped into it. Was that how you kind of initially started? So you're continuing to write books. How many books have you written now? So now I've done seven. I'm actually going to republish Day Job to Dream Job, Deeper Path, and Your Secret Name all through my own publishing company, Author Academy Elite. I just got the rights back finally. Those were all traditionally published. So I'm pretty excited about that. We're going to relaunch those in, in October. But yeah, I was coaching. I was writing. Um, I did what's called a VPS, Value Proposition Statement. This might be helpful for some of you people. Maybe they're like, duh, I know that already. But for I, me, help for me. me. <laughs> okay. And, and, you know, all you need to do is go to my website and, it, and it's like literally on the front page. So what your VPS is, is what people will pay you cash for. So many times people don't know what their value proposition statement is. And again, I say clarity attracts, confusion repels. So if you meet someone at a mixer, a network, and you're like, oh, my friend told me I should meet you. What do you do? And you're like, well... You know, and it takes 35 minutes for you to share. That's not clear. It's kind of like, imagine going through a drive through restaurant saying, hey, I heard your drive through restaurant is amazing. What do you guys serve? And if you're at the drive through window and they say, I don't know, Bill, what do we serve here? What are you going to do? You're going to drive, drive on. Drive <laughs> on. Well, it's the same thing people do in life when they come up to your window at a party, at a phone call, at a webinar. If you are not clear, they don't know what you're selling and they won't just give you money for nothing, you know, just because you have good hair, Jennifer, which by the way, you do <laughs> jealous says the ball guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, so your value proposition statement, it goes like this and this is not my own. This, this is out there. Okay. People will try to claim it. It's just out there. Everybody knows this meaning no one's intellectual property, but it, it goes like this. I am blank who helps blank do or understand blank. So that blank. All right. Now I'll, I'll put the pieces in there and show you what I'm talking about. And by the way, our pieces, here's the secret. Here's the secret sauce. 
once you tie products and services to your value proposition statement, you've won. Okay, so what I'm going to share with you in just a moment is, is our seven-figure buyer's journey, okay? Mm -hmm. So, it, and it's because every single word I'm about to say has a product or service tied to it, okay? So I say, I am an author, coach, and speaker, okay, who helps people clarify, so that's what I'm selling, I'm really selling clarity, who, help, who helps people clarify who they are, six-figure brand right here, your secret name, okay, why they're here, deeper path, right, uh, and where they're going, right, so they can become a soul on fire, right, there's my brand, experience unhackability, and share their message with the world, and that share their message with the world is Author Academy Elite. Okay. So in that whole little thing, what I just shared, people hire me to either be their author, coach, and speaker. And I help people discover who they are, why they're here, where they're going. So they can become a soul on fire, experience unhackability, and share their message with the world. Your listeners should be able to come up with something different, but similar. And they can do this by saying, I am what? I am an entrepreneur. I'm a small business owner. I am a life coach, I am a fitness uh, consultant who helps, and then you gotta describe who you're helping. Mm -hmm. I just say, I just say people, you know? Now, if you really push me, I'll say, usually they're in four categories, entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, and speakers. Do or understand, what are you helping them do or understand? And if you're not clear, then they're gonna just move on to the next person, mm -hmm. okay? So are you helping them understand how to parent an autistic child are you helping them do better communication with their teenager like you gotta come up with it and then the so that yeah who cares like that they are a better parent for their autistic kid so that what so that they can create a piece of harmony and life or whatever I think it's it's so brilliant. And when people I'm watching you on camera and, and so people listening to the podcast can't see that how you literally reached around to your amazing bookshelf behind you and pulled off one of your books that fit into each one of those categories. And I remember I attended your conference last fall again and and you kind of walked through that framework yes. and showed the books. And I remember thinking to myself at the time, these books like um the first one, my secret name, yeah, uh, yeah. your secret name was written in 2010, yeah. which at that time you didn't have the, you, you did not have that formula down. So my thoughts at the time were you've actually gone back and retrofitted yes. some of your products or, or was it just magical that, that they helped to determine your path? Yeah, they absolutely helped me to determine my path. In other words, I could not write day job to dream job until I walked through that myself. Okay. So that, that goes back to our original statement. Your pain is your platform. Why could I write your secret name? Cause for years I didn't know who I was for years. I was an imposter. I wore a mask. I self injured. I cut. So what did I do? I said, you know what, by golly, I got to find a solution. And so my own solution then after I 
discovered it. And, and, and let's just define a framework. Okay. Mm -hmm. A framework is a solution broken down into simple steps. So my, my opinion is every good book, every good course, every good live event should have a solution that's broken down into simple steps at a live conference. It's session one, session two, session three in your book. It's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. In a course, it's module one, module two, module three. But that's what people pay for in the nonfiction world. They pay for a solution broken down into a simple step. If you're an aspiring author and you're here with Jennifer and I today, your subtitle should be the benefits. Okay. So a day job to dream job is the solution. But how do we get there? practical steps for turning your passion into a full-time gig. Part one is prison. Part two is plan. And part three is payoff. And then underneath each one of those sections are the chapters. So Jennifer, you're, you're right. I had to go through my own crap my own <laughs> first. And that, and that should be encouraging to everybody. Absolutely. Everybody should be like, if I'm going through a dark chapter right now, like, uh, here's another one. This isn't my own, but your mess becomes your message. Like the mess you're in right now is actually going to become your message. So stop being a victim. Start, stop like saying where you are stinks and instead write, write it down, get a pen, like start working it. And you're going to be able to turn around and share that and actually monetize it in the future. Well, it's interesting. I just um, had a conversation before we hopped on this call with someone who very similar to that is, was sharing, you know, I've done all these disparate things and I'm coming to realize that that's bad, that I haven't picked, you know, or, or, or clarified who I am because yeah. I'm all these things. And I said, well, why don't we look at that another way that all of these things are leading you to what you ultimately will be. And I think for all of us and myself included again, you know, various periods and still in some ways in a period of lack of clarity on some things sure. and really watching, you know, or seeing the outcome from someone like you and your journey, I realize it is a journey that, yeah. that all of the lack of clarity at sometimes the, the, the past that we had down can be brought into a framework eventually that ultimately culminates in that value that you can offer so that the so that is what's really important. Not just I do this. I think a lot of people stop at that. It's so what? You know, yes. why, why would somebody pay you for that? Yes. Even if I you're in a corporate that. world, you know, and I hear that from people who are employed in the corporate world a lot. Well, you know, that's great for you entrepreneurs. Why do I need to come up with that? Well, do you want people to see what value that you offer so that you can get a promotion, so that you can have more challenging assignments, so that you can eventually yes. buy the business? Whatever that is, you still need to understand your message, right? Absolutely. And you don't know if you walk into the office tomorrow and they say, We've, we're, we're eliminating your job or we're outsourcing or you know, you're done. So everybody needs a, in my opinion, personal VPS as well. You can't just tie yourself to the corporation and say, well, this is who I am. Because what you're basically saying is someone who's a decision maker can any day eliminate me. And I don't know who I am outside of my corporate role. That's scary. 
Mm-hmm. So, so there's so many things you and I could talk about. I'm just fascinated. Again, you're so quotable and I love the frameworks. But so today, Carrie Oberbrunner Oberprize, <laughs> Enterprises, <laughs> Oberbrunner Enterprises is coaching, is training, is a lot of the conferences, events. Um, where tell yeah, tell me some of the the different services that you offer in your seven figure business that you've yeah. developed over the last five or six years. I would have never said that I would start my own publishing company because quite frankly, when they announced me as leaving the church, like I'll never forget, they brought my wife and I up front. They were very kind in, in our faith tradition. They prayed for us. So here I am stepping off the stage and someone comes up to me and says, oh, that's so awesome. You know, you're going off on your own. What are you going to do? And I'm like, I have no clue. You know, I, I, I really am okay telling your listeners that like I didn't have this magic buyer's journey plan. I tell people often that clarity comes with action. Clarity yes. comes with action. You don't sit in a room and just, you know, map out your entire life. You got to get out there and hit the street and bump into some things. But, but today, uh, as, so in 2014, about two years after I went pro, my clients began to say to me, Carrie, what are you doing, man? We're seeing you do one book and create multiple streams of income around it. And I just kind of did that naturally. Like I wrote the book called Your Deeper Path. Then we had a Deeper Path live event. Then we had what we call cohorts. You know, then we had uh, coaching. So I just kind of would write a book and then I would turn it into, now I know, 18 streams of income. And that was very different. Most people would write a book and it would sit on a shelf and they'd say, well, it's my business card. I tell people often business cards don't change lives. Books do. And where do you put business cards usually after you meet a person in the trash, right? So so Jennifer, I'm kind of doing this and people are saying, um, well, teach us, teach us. And, and I said, I, I don't want to do that. That would mean I stopped my career to teach you guys. I said, let me just look around and I'll find another publishing house out there. Well, I looked high and low. I mean, I won't name names, but I looked at everything that was out there. The self-publishing, the assisted publishing, the traditional publishing. Nothing was out there that taught my precious dear clients how to write a book and then publish it and market it in the effective way that it needs to be and turn it into a business. So on March, 2014, I got on a phone call and I said, and I think honesty is the best policy, transparency, authenticity. I said, look, you 75 clients are on here for a reason. You've been asking me and my business partner, David, can we create you something? I said, look, nothing's built. Let me say that again. Nothing is built. However, if we were to build it, it would look like this. And then I laid out a plan as best as I could. And I truly believe that your listeners, vision empowers people. Vision excites people. It's like JFK with the man on the moon at Rice Stadium, right? It's like Bono with the one campaign. Martin Luther King, I have a dream. So I cast this vision of like, hey, it's not built, but here's what it would be. And at the end, I said, here's how much it costs. And we're going to take 25 people. And if 25 people over the next six months say yes, then we'll shut down our business and create a publishing company. Well, Jennifer, 72 hours later, 
all 25 spots were bought and paid for. Okay. Amazing. And, and I said, Oh crap. Um, I said, okay, well, here we go. And, and we literally started with phone calls and then over the next six months we built a publishing house and today we've published about 500 authors are in process. I mean, people like Amy Schmidauer, who Tony Robbins called the other day and said, Hey, can you advise my business mastery class on how to do vlogging? You know, so her book is vlog like a boss vlog like a boss. I mean, so we've attracted some very high level people and then people that nobody's ever heard of, but that, that really have a book in them. Our youngest is 18. Our oldest is 83, all kinds of countries. And, and, and what I love Jennifer about this Okay, I am going to put, pat myself on the back for the first time. Okay, <laughs> okay. There, there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who are just theorists. If you really dig deep, they have zero business behind them. They they play a big game. What I love about this is I am a business owner. Like I have editors and proofreaders and cover designers and interior designers and an international team like that credentials me in a way that if you, if you really pushed me, if, you know, five years ago, I didn't have that. I was kind of just this one dude out there who said I, you know, could help you. I love the fact that we've built up and you've seen it. Mm-hmm. You, you've come to our live event. You've, you've gone to the back table and you've seen, you know, 45 books launching in one month with real people and real businesses and really making money. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So the Author Academy Elite Program, how long does it last? So, I mean, people can, uh, first of all, it's application only. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a free training, carryoverbrunner.com slash book. People can check it out. I tell people, here's all about the publishing world. If people want to go fast, they can do it in three months, six months. They can go as long as 12 or 18 months. It's built for busy people, and it's very unique. We keep 0% of the royalties. So this mm-hmm. is not traditional publishing. The author keeps 100% of the intellectual property. It's registered in their name. The Library of Congress is in their name. But we show them how to build a business around it, and uh, it includes everything from, hey, come to our live event. You're one of our authors. Here's the microphone. And they get to speak, they get to uh, sell their books at our event, keep 100% of their profits too. And it was wonderful to be at the Igniting Souls Conference last fall, where you do allow your authors to to sell their books and to launch their yeah. books and to share a, a minute or two about them in between the sessions. And I sat next to a gentleman who was about to get up and give his uh, one or two minute uh, here's my brand new book speech. And I believe he was the guy that uh, had gotten his first hardcover and gave it to you. Um, yeah. So a person who's a business person. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked him, I'm like, so why did you feel you need to write a book? And he's like, I just, you know, I, I felt like I had this message I wanted to share. I couldn't find a way to make myself do it. And through being a part of this program, I got the encouragement, the help, the systems, the everything that I need. And it's, you could tell it was so meaningful to him. Um, and, you know, will that end up on the New York Times bestseller list? I don't know. Maybe it did. But to him, it mattered. And to the people that he serves and will serve with that message, it matters. 
Awesome. Yeah. No, it was great to see you. And by the way, I got to talk you up a little bit here because uh, we did meet in August of last year and I was really impressed. Um, you, you spoke at that event. I took notes and I actually pulled out my camera and took a few pictures of your slides. They were so good. Oh, okay. But, I, oh, need, yeah. I need some, some credit. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, it, was, it, was, it was, I, I, I've uh, thrown some love your way, but, but no, it's, it's awesome to see you who says, um, not only am I going to speak on stages, but I'm going to create a podcast. I'm just excited for you, Jennifer. I see so many cool things going your way and it's awesome. You're building your, your, uh, fan base here with, um, serving them through a podcast. Well, thank you. And I'm learning from people like you. So I appreciate it. And I, and I, I mentioned in the intro, you know, your books and we'll link to them in the show notes, but, uh, it's interesting that I think your fourth book was, uh, your secret name. Is that, yep. so that was, yeah. I actually, the first time I heard you speak at a conference, you had your books there for sale. And I bought first the deeper path, five steps right. that let you, your hurt lead to your healing. Now I don't, there's no like grand hurt that I needed healing, but I don't know. The deeper path seemed like where I needed to start. Well, then I was yeah. reading, I think I was one or two chapters into that. And I attended your live event and you're like, nope, the formula is actually your secret name, the deeper path, day job, day job to dream job, and then the elixir project. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I bought all of them and, and had to go back to the beginning. I have, I, I have finished the first two. I have not gotten to day job to dream job yet, but I have heard you talk about it. If you can share a little bit, like you mentioned earlier, Shawshank, and you're yeah. near the prison, just take a couple of minutes and share kind of the framework around that book and how you got inspired with Shawshank. Yeah, that is a wild story because I'm a transplant. I grew up in Wisconsin. And so Ohio to me, even though I've lived here for a little while now, it still feels new. But I was I was delaying. I, I had signed a two-book contract with Baker. This is before I understood publishing. And they're telling me, hey, Carrie, your next book is due. And the book was about being present. Okay. Like being present. And I'm like, you know what? First of all, I'm never present. I'm, I mean, now I am just cause I'm talking to you, but like my mind is always future. Like I'm already thinking Jennifer, oh, we can help you with the future. Like the horse thing. Da, 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 da. You know? <laughs> so I'm always thinking future. I'm not excited about this book. And so what am I doing? I've got, I got my little one. It's the middle of the night, you know, she's up, let, you know, my wife's sleeping and I'm feeding the baby and all, of course, Shawshank Redemption comes on, of course. And I had just recently gone pro, right? With my, I left the church and kind of did what I love full time. So I'm sitting here watching Shawshank and I'm like, wow, this book, this is a book and it's about your day job. And Andy's stuck and he, and he feels like he's becoming institutionalized. And I talk with people every day and they feel like they're becoming institutionalized. And I say, and he breaks free and, you know, he went from prison to plan to pay off. And I'm thinking like, I got to write a book about this. I totally need to. So I, I write Baker books and I say, hey guys, can I change it? And thankfully they say, yes. They say, yeah, you can, you know, we'll still pay for the book, but you do your day job to dream job. And Jennifer, I'll tell you what, I, I went online and I said, where the heck is Shawshank? I don't know. 
and I found out it's 90 minutes from where I lived. I thought it was in Massachusetts or something, but it's, it's at the Ohio State Reformatory. So I, I tell my wife, I say, hey, Kelly, I'm going to hop in the car and drive up to Shawshank. She's like, what? <laughs> you know, and I say, I just feel like I'm supposed to write part of the book in Andy's cell. And again, you know, she just has been with me long enough where she's like, all right, go for it, you know. So I drive up there. I meet Felicia in the gift gift shop. I give her your secret name and I say, hey, you know, I'm, a, I'm an author and I'm from Columbus and I really want to write this book. And I say, can you give me like clearance to go in Andy's cell? She says, absolutely. Here's the Wi-Fi password. Take as much time. And so I actually wrote part of the book in Andy's like literal uh, solitary confinement cell. That's amazing. That I haven't watched Shawshank in a long time, but I keep, I want to add it to the queue because I've yeah. heard you tell that story. And of course, I'm just down the road from it as well. But I also want to give Jeff Brown from the Read to Lead podcast uh, proper credit because he yes. bought. I was standing there with all of my Carrie Oberbrunner books at the conference and he actually bought Day Job to Dream Job for me and gave it awesome. to me. So, so people are, are sharing the message. So so what's next for Carrie Oberbrunner? I mean, again, I could talk yeah. to you forever and I do learn from you. I listen to your podcast, which you've awesome. changed to a new kind of quick hit format. I really yes. like that. Um, all of the programs that you have, the free webinars, the, the stuff we'll link to on the, on the site. But what's next for Carrie and team? Well, that's what I'm glad you just said the word team because that's what's next. Um, if anybody is listening, you know, it's not too early to start your team. Um, my, my teammates started with a guy that was at my church, David, years ago. And I said, Hey, David, you know, I, and, and people say all the time, how do you, how do you get your team? Cast vision, cast vision, people buy vision. And so I have a team that's growing. Um, it's, we're probably, I, I paid out 28, 1099s. Is that the right, I don't even know taxes. Is that the right term? Like, yes. in other words, is that the right term? Yeah. So like, you know, our team is dozens and dozens now. No one's an employee, but I love, that is what is so exciting, Jennifer. I love to find people, most of them are clients that they just become uh, exceptional and they stick out and they stand out. And and suddenly you're like, Hey, here's a project. Do you want to give it a shot? And that's where we're going. So you mentioned my podcast. Absolutely. I, I hated podcasting because of all the other stuff, you know, like uploading image show notes. And so for years, if you look at my iTunes, it's like, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. Well, finally, I got a team around me and I said, look, this is a personal investment of my own money-wise. I'm going to pay you guys so that I just shoot the video. And I, and I make these quick hit, five-minute, as I go through life videos, somebody strips the audio, puts it in the podcast, somebody puts it on LinkedIn, somebody puts it on Twitter. And I know what people are saying probably like, oh, that's nice. You have a team. But look, you all have to start somewhere. I started with nothing, <laughs> just like everybody else. And, and all it is is like little success, invest in a freelancer. Little success, invest, you know. And that's where we're going. So we are going, um, I know that sounds crazy, but like, 
we want to ignite 1 million souls by 2020. And then we're serious about it. And it's not just talk. I mean, we're actually doing it. Um, so that's, that's where we're going. I, if people want to find out more, ignitingsoulsconference.com, October 26th through the 28th this year. Dan Miller will be there. Jeff Brown, we just shared. Rachel Peterson. Um, maybe Jennifer will come back. Maybe <laughs> speak in the, in an upcoming year, but, but this is exciting stuff. Uh, and, and I just, I love to see people become souls on fire. Well, and again, I think uh, if you are interested in Igniting Souls Conference, you better get your ticket early, even though it's in October, because one thing, again, I'm, I attend dozens of conferences, speak at dozens of conferences a year. So it was very interesting for me to be at your event as an attendee. Yeah. Um, it, it really was everyone there was a client, uh, an author, or, you know, in some way, uh, a huge Carrie Oberbrunner fan. And, and the, the value that you've obviously provided to the people that the conference sells out, um, people have been coming for years, they wouldn't miss it. Uh, they get so much value from it. And obviously from working with you and working with you for multiple products and services. So, you know, maybe they started with a coaching program and then you know, became an author through Author Academy Elite or then maybe the Business Academy Elite on how to build out their team. So it really just, uh, what I took away from the event was really just investing in people and adding value creates community. And it was wonderful to see all of the souls on fire at the Igniting Souls Conference. So Well, listen, you keep igniting souls with your podcast and I'm thrilled. And let me put a plug in for you because look, do a five-star review for, for Jennifer and I'm going to do it too, because you know, you're, you're doing this for free and I I love the conversation you're creating through this podcast impact. I mean, who doesn't want to impact people? So if you're listening to this, you probably rarely have a host tell people that, but I mean a a guest, but I'm going to be the guest that says, give her a good review. Well, I appreciate that. And that was not a plan. So thank you so much, Carrie, for spending some time with me today. And I look forward to reading Day Job to Dream Job next and continuing with my uh, Carrie Oberbrunner books. And also, I think I'm going to watch Shawshank again. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Jennifer. All right. Have a great day, Carrie. You too. It's time for you to get noticed, create change and grow your influence. Don't waste any time. Subscribe to this podcast and help us get the word out by leaving a review.